Welcome to Antique Dust Pop-Up Podcasts. Hello, and I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And we're Antique Dust. Woo! And we are joined with the glorious, glorious Adam from Retro Troop. Hello, Adam. Hello. Marvellous. And very nice to be yes. here. And thank you for doing a collab. I mean, we're like, like down with the kids and everything. It's fabulous. So we're doing a Christmas. Yeah, very exciting. It is. Amazing. We are doing a Christmas collab for the children of Green New. TV series that was broadcast in 1986 and it went for four lovely episodes. So tell me your thought. <laughs> it's very much of its time. Well, it's sort of of its time, but but it's more like 1981 than 1986. It's it's that that early 80s children's drama thing of very posh children from some point in history, usually either wartime evacuees or Edwardians. Uh, and in this case, it's sort of well. He's a war. He's, he's sort of just post-war, I think, isn't he? He's yeah, nineteen yeah. late nineteen forties. Yeah, I think it's sort of mid to late forties. Yeah. Mm. Um. It's it's it starts off. It's it's super super atmospheric. I found. I mean, the ultimate thing. He's an orphan yes. in a boarding school. He's meant to be spending Christmas at the boarding school with the house mother and. Yeah, and let's face it, that is a really classic set up yeah. for for a, a spooky children's drama you know it, it really mm. reminded me of um you know the similar sort of setup with box of delights as well you know the the lonely child abandoned by the family solo journey yes. through a mysterious landscape to some kind of magical on a train on a train on I, a train it, and it, the whole setup sets up really lovely and i mean this was uh, this was recorded after box of delights which I think is basically set the precedent for doing this type of drama. And uh, do you know what the big difference for me between Box of Delights and Children of Green Knoll was? A, a standard narrative. Nope. What's that gone? <laughs> <laughs> no special effects. Was there? There were oh. special effects, apart from the flood. There was the flood. They had the Green Man. And there's, there's no weird animation. There's no there's no animation. Go the, through pictures into. Yeah, there's no chroma key. The, the the children don't mysteriously appear and disappear. They're either there or or they're, or they're not, not there. You know, it's all very practical. Mm. It, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's practical. And also, I think where this ep- this series was got was four episodes, whereas Box of Lights should have been four episodes rather than the six. Um, yes, um, because they, they. I mean, although it was very, very well done, it was the, the middle section of Box of Delights was a little bit wallowy. It was it, a bit saggy. It was a bit saggy. Um, th- I mean, the whole setup of Green Knoll, I love the whole atmosphere is just lovely, really, really good. However, mm. the narrative just 
goes a bit all I'm not sure the there is one. Well, not a lot <laughs> yeah. happens, really, does it? It's not, it's no. not action-packed. It, I mean, I mean, so it doesn't but, have but, a plot in the standard sense. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the setup of the plot is Tolly goes to uh, a maiden aunt or a distant relative. Granny. Uh, gran- oh, Granny. It was great-grandmother. Gr- great-grandmother, um, who he's never met before. And basically is goes to Greenow, which is the ancestry home, and is told a series of stories of the children of Greenow, hence the story of Greenow. And, but then it gets a bit fractured. There's no real... It, it feels like it's, it's, it's episodic, but there's nothing really a common thread apart from Tolly um, that goes through it. Yes. Um, but it's still... I don't know what it is. I mean, normally, I think if it was done now, I'd probably switch off. But because it is of the period, and I think I do remember it being on TV at the time, and being a bit, a bit, feeling a bit magical. But because it, I didn't mm. do catch up. I've already missed a few episodes. So I think that was the, the, the prerequisite, really, of growing up in the eighties. <laughs> if you didn't have a video recorder or you didn't video anything. Um, you missed episodes, so you're just basically catching up and having to work for it. So I think that's what I pretty much did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I saw yeah. it at the time. And yeah. I, I watched it with my my mum and my brother, I'd imagine. it, And it, it was kind of uh, required Christmas viewing. You'd switch all the lights off and you'd have the fairy lights on the Christmas tree on and get all cosy and watch Children of Green No and Box of Delight. So those are the two, like, really required christmas viewing even though i was a bit like 1986 i would have been 12 so bordering on slightly too old for this but it was still really good and still really cozy to watch and nice and it, this was the first time i'd seen it since then as well yeah i i, I was 30 because i was i was born in 73 and i think as a child although i was quite grown up because of childhood situations and things like that I loved sort of dipping into the whole fantasy and that, mm. that magical realism, uh, sort of the, st- the style of like never ending story where you've got like a young protagonist that is sort of working his way through a series of, of events where he's put into sort of periods of crisis. Um, but he's working it through with the, the sort of ragtag tale of people. And I, I really quite like yes. that essence of it. However, it just didn't feel right. I've, I've not read the books. Have you? Has anyone read the books? I've read the books. All six no. of them. Not all six of them. No. Good. Good heavens. But I've, re- <laughs> 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 I've, re- I've, I've certainly read Children of Green Knoll. Um, How does it- and I I didn't see the the TV show at the time because basically I was far too old to be watching Children of Green Knoll. How old were you? Seventeen. How 17. old were you at the time? Seventeen. Oh wow. I was seven. I was seventeen. So um, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it then, but I certainly was familiar with the with with the story. And I think what I would say is, com- just making the comparison between the two, what you find when you uh, read the book is that you're, or at least I was, I was awfully young when I read the book, and you do get pulled into this this magical world. And I think the story mm. is about Tolly and his um his development his being welcomed into a loving family 
which is the comparison with his own family, often Burma and all the rest of it, his distant father, his stepmother who barely knows him, but being pulled and or being welcomed into this um, ghostly family. And, he, and he, it's about Tolly finding a home. It's, it's finding, I think. It's, I think finding this mm. history as well, because this is I mean, what the events that happen are sort of <coughs> flashbacks from his ancestry because it goes, takes you back to King Charles the whatever. Um, and there's some... yeah, we sort of debated that which Charles it was. It's, it's Charles II. Charles II. So, so yeah, yeah, it's I I think it's an es- it's it's a really good essence, but I. I I don't. Do you think the person that actually read the book actually read the book properly, or just leafed through it briefly and picked out a few segments? You mean the 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 screenwriter? Yeah. Um, well, as far as I, I I think that if I remember correctly, the 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 screenwriter was American, and he wrote it as oh, part really? as part of his um, uh, university thesis. This was this was oh right so he must have read it his, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and then once he once he he was apparently his lecturers t- told him not to because Why? because who who on earth in America is going to be interested in an obscure spooky little uh, ghost story about a boarding school boy in England podcasters in two thousand twenty mm, yeah. pandemic obviously <laughs> so. <laughs> He, he wrote it as a film. He, uh, he was a, a screenwriting student. Right. He wrote it as a movie and then tried to hawk it around various studios. But and then he, he made a special trip to the UK to try and get, try and speak to someone, anyone at the BBC to see if they would be interested. And he was just, I don't know if this is really strictly true. It sounds, it sounds a bit sort of um, wishful thinking. But he was literally the day before he was due to fly uh, back to the US. He managed to secure a meeting um, with the I can't remember his name, but he was the producer of uh, Box of Delights huh? and oh Paul Stone. Paul Stone, yes. Um, and and he secured the the deal literally the day before he was he was leaving wow. the UK. I had to rewrite it a little bit to turn it into a a serial drama rather rather than a film but that's essentially that's the origins of um the tv version i mean i, I, I huh. when i feel that if it was a film it should have had a stronger na- if it was built re- as originally as a film it should have had a stronger narrative going through it i mean because ultimately well i mean you could have a bruce willis crawling through a, oh my god yes an air, <laughs> crawling duct. Through an air duct with a very very handsome terrorist <laughs> stroke robber yes you're yeah, so trying to Alan rob Rickman. green no <laughs> <laughs> of the billion in the in the, in the vault. Yeah, that would be your version, Johnny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes, I am a diehard. It is a Christmas. You're a diehard, diehard fan. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, from what I lifted from from the story is, you've got the children of Green Elf, the original children that are, that are back as ghosts. The grandmother sees the ghosts as well but they only come out for special occasions or they only appear when they want to want to appear when they trust you and there's a general story of one of the children as a as a choir boy for charles ii and then you've got who looks like peter sellers yes he does doesn't he i was (laughs) 
<laughs> I kept looking for Kato in the background <laughs> of a kung fu fight out. <laughs> so, and then they they wedged in a little bit of mysticism with the Green Man, which wasn't really yeah. it, it, what that what that really wasn't explained, was it? It's that they referenced the Green Man, but it just felt as though bits were cut out. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah a, it's a strange it's a... collision of sort of really heightened Christianity with the whole St. Christopher thing, but also paganism with the green man. So it's like, a, it's a strange sort of I mean, perhaps, collision of the two. Yeah. Old, old Noah. Yeah, yeah, because perhaps there was there was meant to be yes. some sort of like Wicker Man-esque sort of paganism, Christianity and spirituality involved. But it sort of, it mm. got lost on the interpretation because it was just like they wedged in the green man at one point and then not mentioned him. And then towards the end, you see this lumbering person that's meant to be the green man going across the lawn. Um, and then there's no other reference to him. No. <laughs> so it, it is all a bit disjointed. I mean, I think perhaps if they had a stronger narrative, maybe pushed it out to five episodes where they could actually have a thread of narrative going through i think it 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 did it lost something in the in the dramatization yeah i think and you know everything loses something in the dramatization yeah Mm. and as i I don't know if the copy that we watched we watched it on on sort of someone had published it on youtube and i think maybe if it was maybe remastered a little bit it would probably pop a little bit more but i love the whole mm. tolly story and the whole grandmother story uh, uh that was just delightful and it felt very family yeah um the, and that's essentially the the, the theme yeah well, family. Is, is family and the, whether whether they're real or whether they're ghostly yeah and then so you've got the stories about how the children died which was quite sad sort of some sort of nonsense about having to get the doctor and then one of the children dies coming off the horse and um well they all die of the plague don't they yeah they all die of the plague but one of the say the the young boy goes on the horse in the sort of the stormy weather and the horse rather than use the bridge goes through the brook or yeah. the, the, the that was one of, that was one of granny's dramatic stories stories but it just it was lost wasn't it and it it, it just felt disjointed um so uh, as a flashback but it as a, as a little vignette a little story on its own it actually was quite quite sad and full of pathos and everything but i think yeah Bob's- i couldn't decide whether this was one of its strengths that it is so kind of strange and vague and plotless that it it it's a I think it's actually one of the strangest things ever broadcast on TV, but just in a low-key way that you wouldn't, unless you really watch it, you wouldn't actually realise, because it does from the outside look like a sort of Box of Delights, Moondial-style yeah. children's drama. But it's not a drama at all. It's an, it's an art film, because it has, it has almost no drama in it whatsoever. It's just this kind of wandering, vague... It, it, it's, I wrote it's, down that it was like... A, a Tarkovsky film or a Jacques Rivette film. It just has all this weird symbolism in it, but nothing really actually happens. A bit like that Matt Damon film where he goes and walks in the desert for about an hour and a half. Yes. However, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's not... Yeah, it's Gus Van Sant, I think that was, it, wasn't it? It's, it's like a Gus Van Sant film. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit sort of muddy, muddy and snowy underfoot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
but I, 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 the, there is something really very charming about it, um, mm. and I think that's I think that's lost a little bit if, we, if you compare it to what's being churned out nowadays, where you've got the Hallmark Channel that bring out a single every a new Christmas movie for every day of Chris of December, and they're churning out the same story upon story upon story, which is a standard formula. Where this doesn't actually follow a formula but i think that's potentially why no not at all and i think that's why it's it does have that charm because the the, mm. for, the, the standard formula that we're used to which we could think right we can go and have so if you're jamming on a hallmark movie i'm quite a fan of hallmark movies i quite like that reliability right it's like oh my god she's a single professional woman from the city and she's going to christmas town <laughs> what could possibly what's happen what could possibly happen uh, there's a very very handsome a doctor tra- or a vet who, or who, or the guy who runs the <laughs> store who runs the store and he chops christmas trees yes. for everybody yeah <laughs> only wearing a vest <laughs> only wearing a vest in, uh, in december and they used what? to antagonize each other when they were children and they couldn't stand each other so will they get on now i know it's just tragic and then they I don't can't get imagine on. what's going to happen and then he changes the tire on a flat a flat tire on a car and their eyes meet she feels oh we can't be that bad and then suddenly in the end they fall into each other's arms and she moves to christmas town to to run the gift shop mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much every hallmark <laughs> so, but this is just like to, i mean it starts off that traditional trajectory where tolly orphan boy boarding school all he's not alone. orphaned Steady on. He's not orphaned. Is it, well, is, he's abandoned, he's abandoned, but not orphaned. Is, it, is his mum dead? <laughs> his mum's dead, I think. Well, she, he's got a stepmother, so presumably his mum's dead. His stepmother doesn't know him. Father, they're, they're in Burma. The, he's he's been left all he's alone. Disposable. In the in the boarding house, not the boarding house. No, the, the boarding, boarding school. school. Um, the teachers seem quite thrilled to get rid of him. He may have been quite an annoying little well, boy. Yeah. Well they're, <laughs> well, they're weird. They're, they are quite they're they, weird. They are quite weird. But he, he, he seemed quite content uh, with his lot about wandering around this big drafty boarding school. Um, well, he's probably used to it, poor love. Yeah. Well, he seemed quite... <laughs> I think the child that played Tolly was really good. And, and he, did, he went on I to... I thought, yeah. He, he's gone on to do more. He was in like, various episodes of The Bill. Um... <laughs> Uh, but he's a producer now as yeah. well. He does lots, lots of like yeah. indie stuff. Um, but he, uh, Alec Christie. Yeah, I mean, cause he, he has he has got that like interesting look. Um, so yeah, he's like a little animal. Yes, it's like a little ferret. <laughs> well, he's like a little yes. he's like a little mouse. <laughs> yes, which brings us to the the whole symbolism of the mouse. Oh. And if you go to Lucy Boston's house. That was uh, oh, the, the the basis for for Green Knoll. Presumably not at the moment in the pandemic, but at other times you, you could go to the gift guns. shop and um, buy a little wooden mouse. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. there was lots of references to little mouse, mice in there, wasn't there? So it was probably a big drafty house anyway. Mm. So, but that whole so the the trip on the train that was lovely. lovely well, the lovely. thing about the trip on the train uh, for me, it had a real sense of moving. You know that that journey from the from the, the the real world into the fantasy world, you know that sort of whole mm. flooded landscape had an unrealism about it that sort of suggested yes. passing through the, the the gateway from the normal world into the into the, the paranormal, the paranormal, the, the, or, world, or the, or the sort of the, yeah, magical the realism. new world. Which I thought that I thought that going was over really the nice. river Styx. 
and, yes yeah and the the essence of the grandmother who is super welcoming and just just evokes that whole christmas spirit you know it was sort of when you, you sort of used to wake up and it was christmas day was full of excitement and well i think granny yeah, she's not a weird creepy grandmother no granny is 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 the granny that We'd all have liked to some it's the point Hallmark or, granny. or other. It's the, a Hallmark they, granny. They wedged in a Hallmark <laughs> granny. Marvellous. Yes. Uh, however, she could have gone quite dark as well, couldn't she, really? It could have been like Dances... Not, not Dances with the Wolves. What's it? What? No, that's that's Kevin Costner. What's yes. the other one? The Wolves. The Wolves thing that Angela Lansbury plays the really... Oh, Company oh, of Wolves. Company, Company of Wolves. Wolves. So, I mean, there, there was like a, a, a similarity between the grandmothers. So there was like a... It, so because I think Dark, sort of uh, Company of Wolves was about the same time as well, wasn't it? Um, I think that was early eighties. Yeah. It was like eighty one. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was yeah. it that early? Off the top of my head. Of course, Daphne Oxenford. Well, maybe it was a bit later. Mm-hmm. Daphne Oxenford, who played Granny, I think she's she was. I think I'm right in saying it, a terrific actress, and I think she really got got the spirit of of Granny. Yeah, I mean, uh, because she, mm. it, I mean, th- that element, Tolly was was great, and he's getting to know her, and it, she's getting to know him, and then imparting all this ancestry knowledge and the stories of the house and of the children, and she pre warns him, so we're waiting for that. So there, and there are, well, she there, does, she does say, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but she says something like, "It will be interesting to see what happens here now you've arrived." Yeah. Yes. So, so she's anticipating some some hijinks, um, <laughs> hijinks from the the ghostly children. <laughs> I mean, cause you must think well, she must have quite a miserable Christmas <laughs> without having Tolly there, because there was only her mm. and the staff. <laughs> um, so I spent the, I spent the whole thing thinking, who does she remind me of? The actress. She really reminds me of someone. And by the last episode, I realised it was. Uh, Possibly unflatteringly, it was Vera Bennett from Prisoner Cell Block H. <gasps> not in, not in, her, not in the way she acts, but just the way she looks. Just her look, it's a similar face. Yeah, there is. Yeah, so I, I think they got the casting really well. I mean, I think the ghost children, the casting yes. was, yeah. Uh, I, I think there were, there were, they were. I think they were like sort of. They just went to drama school, kids and anyone that could read the lines with some sort of competency were were drafted in um they were slightly obnoxious the ghost kids i think yeah but then but they may have tried to, to make them obnoxious well, because obviously mm. they they were quite wealthy and everything because obviously tolly comes from wealth but quite but hasn't actually had any experience of it really <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because he's been dumped into a drafty boarding school for most of his life um so and they've got all the ancillary characters that are there for, for to flag up the events that are going to happen next. So there was an element of supernatural which could have gone very dark, but it's well, the darkness I think is represented by the you know by the the ghostly tree, you know the, the, the threatening tree. tree. Mm. Yeah, which was very. It's a similar thing which was used in Poltergeist as well, wasn't it? The, the well, trees are inherently trees, scary, yeah. aren't they? At least there was no clowns. That that would have been very, very. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it the, I, 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 it's really difficult to do a review of it because the essence is great, 
But if you have to explain it to anybody, it's spending Christmas with a grandmother you don't know and being introduced to a few ghosts that don't do anything, but you're just yeah, being told their story. Sort of learning the family history via the medium of ghosts. Yeah. And, but I mean, apparently, so I mean, the, I mean, the, the series of books that it's based off, there's six books in the whole, the whole series. There are um, indeed. From Lucy M. Boston. And, well, she, I mean, she did churn, well, she churned them out, but she took, take, did take her time because it was, the six books were published over 22 years. Um, wow. So, but, so there, there's a Downton thread here as well. Did you know what the Downton thread is? Well, I well, must shamefully admit I've never seen Downton in my life. <gasps> oh my <laughs> God! That is that, really you've never seen Downton. Well, it's not really. Down, no, it's not I've really about down, Downton. That you're what you're alluding There's to. The, 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 was Julian Fellows. The, the, Julian Fellows did a oh yeah did a film of um of one of the books for uh, for the Green No books, and uh, in that film, um. There's a big. It was. It's like a precursor. It was like an audition, <laughs> audition tape for all of the people that um, um, that sort of ended up in Downton because he did the he did the, oh, yeah, okay. the chimneys of of Green No, um, which was in two thousand and nine, uh, and you had Maggie Smith and uh, Hugh Bonneville. Uh, so you had a big cast in there. Um, that the, the big key components of Downton. So it's as though he was he had he did the movie and then he worked really. He felt like he worked well with those people, um, and brought them back for the Downton series, which I've not seen time to time. Um, I've not seen it either. But judging by the plot, I think you would it it uh, repairs a lot of the things that you find wanting in Children of Green. No, mm. it um, it's very much. An, an adaptation of the it's the the children of Green No. It's about Tolly visiting his grandmother, but it sounds a lot more action packed. Yeah, with a lot a lot more narrative, I think. Because I in the in the in the sequel, well in in this this one, uh, Tolly's teenaged. Uh, he's going back to his grandmother's. His father's uh, a soldier and he's been missing in action, and. There's lots of sort of like ghostly sightings and everything. And, and Granny's played by Maggie Smith. Yes. Uh huh. I mean, Maggie Maggie Smith doesn't see it. So she she went she went from from being in all the 1950s and 60s things, uh, or 60s things, and then suddenly played old people. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. like Julie Waters, really. <laughs> yeah, she suddenly like this flicked a switch and she became old. Yeah, it's like Julie Waters she, from like 1980. She was playing old people, and now she's the, she's she's just about hitting the age <laughs> range of the characters that she's been playing for the last thirty odd years. It's true. In GBH, she's she plays uh, his uh, Robert Lindsay's mum. Oh, really? And she's so convincing. Yeah, she's so convincing in that as like a, an old person that it's. Sort of when you see the flashback to the fifties or sixties and see like young Julie Walters, it's quite disconcerting because she's she's a extremely convincing older lady. Yeah. If you've not seen GBH, I really recommend it. I've not I've not seen that. When did that get when did that come out? That's that's nineteen ninety one and it was just one of the most gripping things I've ever seen. Oh god. It's properly kind of edge of the seat. Uh, it's on um, the Channel 4 player currently as well, so it's Ooh, free to anyone to watch. I might have to give that a go, because like, in, in lockdown Christmas, yeah. that's going to be 
We're going to be yes. ferreting yeah. around. We'll watch some catalog. some cheerful dramas. Yeah, maybe a couple of hallmarks. Maybe yeah. watch the holiday. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, would you say with Children of Green Knoll, it will be a go-to regular thing that you'll watch from now on, or do you think you'll pack it away and have fond memories of it? Who you're dressing? I think the latter. Yeah, me too. Um, Just because I, I mean, I don't, I haven't watched uh, Box of Delight since it was broadcast, so I don't do that. I don't really have the go-to thing at Christmas anyway. Uh, so uh, we even Box of Delight isn't <laughs> isn't a regular go-to thing for me. Well, so Box of Delights, we have got the the, the DVD for that, and we did do. Uh, an entire watch long did six individual episodes last year on that and fueled by right. fueled by amaretto hot chocolate uh, amaretto hot chocolate and, <laughs> uh, and in fairness it was I, the first episode and the last episode of the box of lights are super gripping and there's some really really good technical special effects in between it mm. so it, it, it episodes two to five um but it did we did need more amaretto to power through the middle chunk so uh, <laughs> right, uh, because it's just that some of the actors are the actors are fantastic. The cast in it was fantastic, but I think sometimes these classic TV shows they should stay boxed away, and you should maybe just remember the essence of them rather than watch them back again and again and again. Because in fairness, mm. Children of Green now, I can't I can't imagine watching it again i might be tempted i might be tempted to to dig out the book and and have a have a read of that um because i think it's prob uh, from memory i think it's a it's a more satisfying experience reading the book than perhaps watching the the drama yeah i mean i i i it saddens me because it's part of my youth and I remember watching it or episodes of it when it came out. But, but TV shows were, were, they were repeated relentlessly, but I always tended to miss them. I always tended to watch the <laughs> same episodes and then miss the second episodes or, the th- or, or various episodes in them. So it always had that want to watch. But now I've watched the whole thing. It's the same thing with Box of Delights. I don't think I'd ever actually watched the entire thing until last year. Because at the time you didn't have iPlayer, and whenever you set your video recorder, it would always record the wrong channel, or you'd end up they'd move the schedule yes. around, and you'd get you'd get part of the episode, and then suddenly it'd stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> the challenges of our you were youth. far too gregarious and sociable, and you were out living oh. life and not home watching all these things on TV. I think I saw all this stuff on TV because I was just I just sat at home watching telly instead. So well, I remember oh, that, well, most I was, of this stuff. Uh, for many years I was an only child so I was like organised activity child. So basically I, right. was, I was just being ferried from one activity to another fe- activity. A bit like Tolly but without a drafty board in school. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you've always regretted that, haven't you? I know I couldn't wait. I used to go, I used to swim competitively, and when I had a Veruca, right, I couldn't okay. swim for an entire six or eight weeks. So I managed to watch Godzilla and Godzuki, the cartoon, which I was always fanatical about <laughs> wanting to watch. Uh, so <laughs> that was the highlight of having a Veruca. I mean, in fairness, it's very good. <laughs> so it was. I, I I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> so 
<laughs> but yeah, so watching these shows, it's just, I, it hasn't lost the magic. Yeah, build up a blaze, Jonathan, and I'll tell you a story. Okay, tell, uh, come on, tell us a story. What now? Yeah, tell it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. No, I. It's lovely. It's really, really mm. lovely, and it's got the whole essence of the festive period. And I think, especially in challenging times like we're in at the moment, it. It has the nostalgia, um, which is just charming, and it does hit certain components. However, on a storytelling perspective, it was a bit all over the place. <laughs> What's your thought? I Rob? quite like that about it. I, I sort of, I quite because there was almost no uh, threat or stakes or anything like that. It's only at the very end when it suddenly just becomes terrifying. Um, and I still remember, I, even though I was 12, I remember being quite scared by the walking St. Christopher and that whole, there ends up being a laser gun, a laser battle on the lawn with explosions, <laughs> things like that between <laughs> the green man and the, and St. Christopher with the, sort of the, the terrifying rubber St. Christopher. <laughs> so it goes for like three and a half episodes where nothing at all of any consequence happens. It's just sort of like, it's, like you say, a series of vignettes and little ghost stories and then it ends up with Tolly running about initially pretending to be a motorbike um, <laughs> which is the point at which I kind of thought oh he, he, he's actually a bit annoying this kid <laughs> he's sort of charming through most of it but then he's running about making motorbike noises and you think oh yeah, yeah one of those annoying children great yeah. quite quickly <laughs> yeah but then yeah the 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 St. Christopher's walking across the garden and the the, the marauding green man and it and yeah, I think that probably is sort of like a Christianity versus paganism metaphor and St. Christopher with Jesus on his shoulder defeats the green man in a, in a laser battle and it gets quite scary and he's suddenly being chased by this thing and it's full of peril. It all escalates quite quickly. And then they're all by the fireside <laughs> the and the story with all quickly. the other children. <laughs> so like, yes. Then they all end up in Peterborough <laughs> Cathedral. Yes. The cathedral did look very nice. <laughs> it's, 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 Pe it? it's Peterborough Cathedral. Because uh, yeah, it's. So, what are your thoughts, Rob? My thoughts. Um, I I love any drama that's got a character called Boggis in it. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the highlight highlight for me. Um, nostalgia, not so much for the drama because I'd never I'd never really seen it before. Um, but I can I can get into that whole kind of magical realism. I'm not I'm not fanatical about having a a driving plot or anything like that. I can I can be quite content with um, something that's mm. a little bit subtle, a little bit um, tenuous, a little bit magical. So I I probably wouldn't want to watch it again for a a long time, a good long while. But um, yeah, I I think I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't not enjoy it. Uh, um, but well, I that's da that's called damning with faint praise. No, no, no. I, it, it, no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't not enjoy it. Okay. I didn't not. I didn't not enjoy it. <laughs> I, I I liked the nostalgia. It 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 raised in me because it just felt cozy. It's like dipping into something comfortable. Um, like slipping on a a comfortable sweater. 
It is. Uh, it's, a Christmas jumper. It, it, I think that's the whole thing about this nostalgia television. It's Some of it is very cutting and very amazing. But sometimes you just switch it in and let, let the whole period wash over you. Even though this is a period beyond the period that we've lived in. But this, where the sh- when the show comes out, it brings back all those... That, that, that magical feeling of the run-up towards Christmas. And I think that's what's missing from TV today because there isn't anything that actually must-watch television or it's the family time of watching around because there's so many channels on. All the kids are in different rooms watching on their televisions or streaming on YouTube or or mm. sort of on Instagram or any, any, TikTok. The, oh, TikTok, yeah, doing dance moves. Oh, and I wonder if Tolly and the, and the children of Green Knoll will be doing create a, a dance move with the Green Man and the St. Christopher with Jesus on his shoulders. <laughs> now, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, but we've lost that. And it's it's quite sad. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong, I can't stand family Christmases. I think that's... Like... But, but an interesting thing to consider, <laughs> I suppose, is that what you're talking about is really Tolly's life. Yeah, you know, he'd essentially alone and and so on, and finding a family for to have those sorts of Christmas celebrations. Yeah, or yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's it's finding belonging. Yeah, uh, and that's I as I said before, and I'll say it again. That's what that's what the story is about. It's belonging. about belonging. I, yeah, I suppose so. Even that, even the at theme, the very th- the very start when Tolly's on the train and he meets those two two ladies two two ladies and they ask him his name and he has that kind of oh here we go uh, uh, because he'd been relentlessly bullied for having a silly name but that's not mm. the response that he gets he gets the oh that's a very old name around around here and then that i think that's the yeah, first like, the first indication that actually he is going home yeah I don't yes, think he is, belongs. It, it is because it's it's their it's his ancestral home, um, and it's his history. And I think that's maybe that is that is the theme. It's coming home. It's finding belonging. Which I, I said think that, that right at the I very know, beginning, Jonathan. I know, but you, you never listen to me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it a couple of times there. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah. So how does Christmas work for you, Adam? Um, does this is is the the the, the family gathering round and watching must see TV shows or how how's Christmas in the Adam household? <laughs> probably not anymore. I think we're probably all a bit old. Uh, I, I this this being a slightly unique year, shall we say? I'm not doing the usual thing. I'm staying in my little room in my shared house, so I won't be going back. But normally I am at my parents' house with my siblings and we uh, do do the whole Christmas routine. But we don't really sit around and watch TV that much, hopefully, particularly at Christmas Day. I think there, there was always the childhood thing of being this kind of programme leading up to Christmas, so it would be more watching this or Box of Delights or something else in the days leading up to Christmas and then christmas itself we didn't we didn't really watch that much tv although having said that it was always exciting if there was a star wars film on or indiana jones and the temple of doom i remember christmas 1987 christmas day they showed Uh uh, indiana jones and the temple of doom and so that was just so exciting to watch that in the dark um well they used to they used to really they they used to really play those christmas 
premieres, didn't they? But now that's they did. gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I guess, because films are so accessible. Because even back then, we didn't have a video player. So we had to wait for them to be broadcast on TV to see films. So you would get the big event screenings on TV of these films. And so it would be our only chance to watch these exciting George Lucas, Steven Spielberg blockbusters like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Jones. It would be our it would be our only. So I wouldn't have seen a Temple of Doom since I saw it at the cinema in 84. And uh, it, it was up there with Star Wars for me as being just this intensely exciting experience yeah I mean, I mean, well I think... when i was a kid the the blockbusters that i looked forward to premiering on tv were um the sound of music and mary poppins oh uh, yeah i mean that's fun too yeah i mean that is fun in fair it's mary poppins you can't bit a, a bit yeah. of mary poppins but I, mean, I, I hear what you're saying because uh, we we had we had a betamax so you could never rent anything uh, so from right, the video stores, unless it was Herbie Herbie rides again, <laughs> or some something about a bear. Um, so, um, but we didn't go to the cinema very often. I mean, the cinema was like a treat at the end of term. So maybe you'd go to the cinema twice, three times a year as a treat. But now I think, well, pre pre pandemic, it was so kids would go to the cinema frequently. But it costs a fortune now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's like two people go and it's twenty five quid. Yeah, and not before you buy the popcorn. Yeah, but if you buy popcorn and nachos and everything, exactly. and, then, and then you're normally next to someone who's tweeting relentlessly throughout the whole the whole thing, <laughs> so you've got this glow. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I would say what's so Christmas this year? It's going to be with your housemates. It's probably just going to be me, but I quite like that. I'm just going to sit and watch telly watch films on tv or something like that but i don't mind i'm quite self-contained oh yeah so what are you chaps doing for christmas we shall be eating drinking drinking maybe watching telly yeah watching tv but there's bugger all uh, the 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 offering which is on tv is appalling this year apart from the christmas special of call the midwife and obviously the christmas special of all creatures great and small I love All Creatures Great and Small. This is another one of those ethos things. Have you been watching All Creatures Great and Small? It's the channel. Surprisingly, it's Channel 5. and There's no bare breasts or anything in it. Um, have you, <laughs> and it's a brand new. Um, it's the brand it's new not, one. So it's not repeats the, of the, the series one. Timothy. Series one's of All Creatures Great and Small uh, came out sort of in, in the autumn. Um, so we've had the entire series, which was phenomenal. Really good. So I've got a Christmas special, mm. which is on this Tuesday. But I'm debating swithering whether to watch it on tuesday or wait till christmas day to watch it and stream it as a bit of a treat um because it's just glorious i love the whole pe- I, I, I from someone who i it couldn't stand period things now i'm just like i'm lapping it up i love love a bit of a call the oh. midwife um and sort of it's that whole nostalgia thing i think but yeah, you've been nostalgic for a time that you didn't actually Living. experience. I know, but it's got. But the thing is, yes. that, that those type of periods, they've got all the values and all the yeah. nice values, rather than sort of having to elbow your way through the supermarket to to, to get to the fruit <laughs> and veg area. Yeah, uh, we all we all hanker. At least the TV. We all hanker for the large Sorry. door, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. at, at least the TV versions have those. I don't know whether the actual periods had those values, but the TV version has those values, so it's nice to 
it's a nice sanitized it's 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 yes it's it's there's no racism in all creatures great and small no and i imagine period films with poor children would probably be very very miserable where they get yes they get they get a tangerine and and a lump of coal and that 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 yeah. <laughs> they'd be grateful for and it and then thrashed R- rather than like oh no i'm going away from my boarding school my parents don't quite love me but my ancestors have a stately home oh dear oh yes oh, poor is and me now, and now it's yours <laughs> i love actually go, going back to children of green though i love how much he takes that in his stride as befits a posh boy it's like, oh yeah, is this house mine yes i'd say this house is yours oh that's nice <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> yes. Let, 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 oh, yes. Can we have some central eating put in now? <laughs> 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 and what I find very unusual that he was dumped in the attic bedroom. Um, mm, where the whole house to got, live in. So the coldest part of the house in the attic, he's shoved into the attic <laughs> yes. uh, just because that's where the playroom was. Uh, you think, no, you'd probably have something with a, with a nice fire and everything, not like with a cold and drafty roof space. But it made for the atmosphere and it allowed him to bond, bond with the spooky children. <laughs> it's like Red Dwarf. It's the, it's the only Children of Green, Red Dwarf, Children of Green No and Red Dwarf comparison you'll get. It's the fact that Lister and Rimmer are the only two people on board this spaceship and this massive spaceship, but they still share a bunk. <laughs> They've got all everywhere to choose from. They can be anywhere in this enormous spaceship and they share a bunk. <laughs> so that's a uh... <laughs> but also you've got cat as well but cat doesn't cat just wanders around in his own way doesn't he so yeah he's probably got a basket somewhere <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so we, we are gonna so we, we've got our little tabby cat we're, we're we're holding back with dressing up the tabby cat because she hates us anyway <laughs> so she'd hate us even more but it's, 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 it's a little elf oh yeah they don't on. like it <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, that's us wrapping up Children of Green No. Um that's been insightful and informative while we've witted on about the lack of plot, lack of narrative, but it generally Absolutely. gives you it's a yeah. TV it series. It gives you the feels. It gives you the feels. Well it gave me the feels anyway. Mm. Yes, it was it, it was like a <laughs> Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think everyone has to watch these classics because there is so much reference back to those type of things, and they're used as a benchmark for the atmosphere for various other children's things that that sort of got produced. Mm. So, but yeah, overall, very very good. So, thank you, Adam from RetroTube. Yes, thank for, you for, for, for joining thank you for us. Inviting me. Chris, Christmas yeah. conundrum of what what show to what, what children's show to watch, <laughs> and I think this yeah. is definitely one for um, the the Betamax tape. <laughs> I think I, I think, think it's so. one for hot chocolate with plenty of amaretto. Oh yes, a boozy a boozy hot chocolate and say so. What is no narrative? You'll just get the feels. It's lovely, <laughs> especially in a social <laughs> yes. distancing way. <laughs> so it's farewell from me, Jonathan, and it's goodbye from me, Rob, and it's cheerio from me, Adam. Bye bye. 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 have been listening to an antique dust pop-up podcast <laughs>